0: Hello, hello my lovely friends. It's Sonia here with Fresh Approach Fitness, a wellness company. How are you? This is episode 70. We are August 23rd, 2021. Thank you for joining us. Today's episode is very insightful. I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it with that. You know, it's a the difference really between doing and being. And it stems from a weekend of recovery. So for anybody that caught episode 69, you're aware that I did take my second COVID shot. And for anybody, um, I guess anybody listening to this now or in the future, you're aware of what a COVID shot is and that, you know, we're trying to do our best in society to help um, eliminate or to help pass on... Um, illness through COVID and it's a viral infection, we believe. And there's so much we still don't know yet, but we've been encouraged society through society to take um, these vaccines. Well, I had a bad reaction to it last week and I talked a little bit about that on episode number 69. And today is not going to be going in depth and personal about my reaction to it, but because of my reaction to it, I did spend a lot of time being over the weekend versus doing. And ironically enough, this morning's meditation was about that as well. So I'm going to lean in today and talk about, yes, my voice is still husky. My energy is still low. um, But I'm going to lean in today and talk about the difference, more so the aspect of being, not so much the comparisons. I'm going to hit on that a little bit. But there is There is some major eye-openers that I have definitely allowed my mind to open up to throughout the year, more so than ever. And it's not just because of the way I feel now or the way I have felt then, but it's more so a stage in my life that understanding that living my best life means living my best life now. Not doing all of the work and effort to live my best life in 20 years, when I think about retirement, obviously I'm thinking about retirement now, Um, you know, at 48, I'm certainly thinking about retirement now and what it looks like. But what it boils down to is I'm not wasting all of my moments now being or doing everything that needs to be done. I pace myself. And I learned that this weekend when I had some plans with some friends um, that I was very much looking forward to. A date night on Saturday night with, um, like a double date with a friend of ours and her husband and friend of mine and her husband. So I know my husband doesn't know her that well. And then on Friday night, we were supposed to do games night with our friends that we've been getting together with as much as we can, respectful of the rules, but as much as we can for the last year. And we love our friends. And, you know, amazingly enough, my friends came over yesterday as sick as I was. Although I was on the mend, I've been much better since Friday, and we just sat around and talked. My folks came by. We just sat around and talked. We were so in the moment of being that we didn't need to do anything. And I'm going to start with anybody that saw my Facebook the last couple, I guess last 24 hours, I put this post up and I really want you to think about this. Because how often do we put this into perspective? Resting is not a waste of time. It is an investment in well-being. Relaxing is not a sign of laziness. It is a source of energy. Breaks are not distractions. They're a chance to refocus attention. Play is not frivolous activity. It is a path to connection and creativity. And I was inspired by this as well as my meditation this morning about just being, being in the moment. How many of you do those things? Be honest with yourself. If you have any questions, you know, you you know, I'm here to chat with you about this, but how many of you do these things? Resting, relaxing, you take breaks and you play. I know, um, personally, I've been resting a lot more. I've been relaxing a lot more because I've had no choice. This is what I'm getting to. Breaks, I do take daily breaks throughout my day. I go outside. I take a breath of fresh air. Sometimes I'll look into my oracle cards more often than not. I'll play with the dogs or pop into the garden, see what's growing. I'll walk around outside and take a couple of, um, honestly, a couple of laps around the pool just by walking look at the flowers I've planted and I'll come back into work. I do take breaks. I'll be honest. I'm not playing as much as I should. I know that. Um, lately, I've been resting and relaxing a lot, but here's why. I was forced to, right? Do you tend to rest and relax only because you're forced to? Before we go too deep in today's conversation, we talk about the difference between being and doing. I want to say, um, when I was sick on Friday, I did go back to the hospital. I went back on, on Monday and I was able to be seen, but on Friday I was so sick. I called my mom in for help. Um, my husband went to work and he asked me in the morning if he should stay home and take care of me. And I didn't think I was that sick at the time. Um, but I couldn't stop being sick on Friday. I really couldn't. So finally my mom's like, you know what? You're going to the hospital. I showed up to the hospital in my pajamas. My hair was a mess. I had brushed my teeth. That's it. I was so sick. And um, I walked in there and I walked right back out because it was too full for me. I could not be seen by a doctor without sitting in a merge for I don't know how many hours. At least here I could have laid in bed, right? So I came right back home. I laid in bed. I took some more gravel and I was able to sleep. but. Why I'm bringing this up is because many cases, we don't do these things, resting, relaxing, taking breaks. I'm going to just take play out of the equation unless we absolutely have to until we're forced to. I was forced to clear my schedule this weekend and I know better. So do you do that? Do you do any of these things or do you wait until when? When? To take these moments in life. Tony and I have had these conversations more than once. And this would be a good conversation for us to be bantering back and forth about. One day, friends, I'll have him on here with you. But why are we waiting until we can't take it anymore? Why are we waiting to a breaking point? What are we trying to prove? And think about that. Do we make the healthiest choices when we're sick? No. Food wise, I haven't been making the healthiest choices this week because I could barely eat. So it's back to the basics, eating what I could, going back to old school remedies to see what I couldn't, couldn't take care of and brainstorming with my mom and with my friends about the best things that we could, I could possibly eat to keep food down. Yes, I found a remedy. Today's not about that. Oh my gosh, excuse me getting a yawn in. I'm so sorry. I meant to pause it for two seconds while I yawned, but I'm so sorry. You know, I'm real, right? You know, I'm real and that this isn't recorded or taped. This is live and it just slipped out. So I'm so sorry. Um, I'm doing so much better, friends. I don't want you to worry about me. But the point is, I want you to take the messages away because we're always waiting for tomorrow to have fun. We're always planning in advance those holidays or vacations where we can actually rest, where we can relax, where we can take those breaks in life. And where we can play, where we can go out and do those adventures and play and bring that creativity and spontaneity into our lives versus being as sick as I got. And I know in this case, it wasn't a matter of being sick because of being overworked, but I've been there too. On the, on my business side of things, I have to push everything out one more week. That's really hard for me. I feel um, a commitment to my clients and I feel a commitment to myself with how I want to help people and how I want to serve people, but I cannot physically serve people with personal training or with um, anything physical. Yes, I can do the mindset work today, but I could not do that last week. And what this tells me is we need to be putting these things into play and action a lot more often. I'm going to settle into the change. I'm going to talk about the levels of change between doing and being. And, It's very important to achieve goals. It's very important to have something to aspire to, to reach further. We need that direction, that compass in our life, especially if we're looking to improve. You know, these are noble intentions. We're always looking to reach for something more. The desire to learn and grow is a hallmark of high impact people. Are you one of them? I would imagine you are, or you will not be listening to today's podcast. I am certainly one of them. When I finish a goal, whether it used to be a triathlon or a running event, whether it used to be, even when earlier this year about writing books, my intention was to write one. I'm going to be writing so many more. My intention with these podcasts is to serve and to help more people. These are high impact people. These are people that want to make change because change is the name of the game. But despite these strong urges, we don't often succeed to the level or the caliber that we want to. When we try to change, it never seems to stick, right? Think of all of those diets you've tried in the past. Think of all of those times you've tried to save money. We give in for a while, we do what it takes, we follow the structure, we follow the routine, and then we try again six months later. We try, we give up, we try, we give up. It becomes a never-ending loop of things that we're trying to change, but we're not actually changing. There's a couple of reasons for that. Whether this is a passion project that you're trying to follow, whether this is a social seller side hustle that you're trying to move forward with, whether this is trying to think differently, I am sure there are plenty of things that fit into this category in your life. The reason for change is so difficult, but we're missing crucial elements of the foundation of change that take place upon us. It's not about all of the doing. It's not about taking all of the action. Sometimes, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in deep with this, but sometimes it's about the being. It's about appreciating where you're at. It's about taking it all in and certainly surrendering in the moment to appreciate the hard work. I've done this this year. I've done this multiple times this year and this has been one of my biggest changes. And I know this is what is going to bring me to the next level. This is what's going to bring you to the next level. I say this with my weight loss clients. It's not about losing weight. It's about finding a path to help you lose weight, enjoy the journey, keep the weight off, staying accountable so you can continue that process. And that process does include things like relaxing, being creative, creative with more than one thing, right? Creative with food, creative with your choices, creative with cooking, creative with time with your friends. That comes in the form of play. Play equals distractions. So as you're listening to what I'm about to share with you, think of those four elements. Resting, relaxing, breaks, play. How they implement and can be a part of your day-to-day life when it comes to making change. So let's talk about the foundation here. Doing is what you do. It is the actions you take. It is the decisions you make. It is your behavior and the visible manifestations that you're working towards. Being is who you are. It is what's underneath all of the doing. It's your qualities, your thought patterns, your conditioning. It's your beliefs or limiting beliefs or your condition of beliefs that you hold about yourself and your environment. It's your world view. So I'm sure many of you have seen the iceberg of success in life and you know, on the top of the iceberg, you just see the ice, the white clear ice of doing and then behaviors beside that. But reality is there's a whole iceberg that's underneath the surface that we don't see and underneath the surface, we're going to call that being. And those are things like values, beliefs, assumptions, worldwide view. And you, what we're going to talk about today is the whole iceberg, not just the top that people see or the top that you show the world. The top components that you show the world is what you want them to see. It doesn't talk about your values and beliefs unless you're having those deep soul conversations with the selected few people in your life. They don't know these things. Here's the thing. The caveat to this, you might not know these things. I'm going to say it again. Values, beliefs, assumptions, your worldview. You might not even know why you believe what you believe. It's just been ingrained with you. Or it's been generations of limiting beliefs. We're going to talk about a money example for a minute. Give me just a second here. I'm going to have a quick sip of water. My throat is dry. It must be, um, it must be honestly, Last night I had some soup that I made. Sidebar so for two seconds while I fill up my water, um, and I found this soup to be a little salty. And I don't normally have salts in things, um, so I'm not sure. Like I said, I'm on I'm on low grade food right now, just trying to recover. But I think it's the salts that's making me watery. So there might be a little bit more sips this morning. But let's talk about limiting beliefs. Normally in coaching sessions, when I'm coaching with people, I am not working with first or second generation limiting beliefs. I'm going to share a personal story from my parents this weekend when my dad was over on Saturday and he sat on the couch and we were talking about money and he was talking about buying new golf clubs, but how he didn't want to buy new golf clubs because it meant that my mom would probably feel like she wanted to buy something for herself. And I was saying to my dad, well, what's wrong with that? And he didn't really respond and, and the answer as to what's wrong with that. But it was more, well, why should she? Unless it's to do with physical activity. And, and I'm like, well, why does it matter? Um, it, It's a matter of, and there's nothing wrong with my dad's thought process. I'm going to explain why there's nothing wrong with my dad's thought process. And this is, remember, the bottom half of the iceberg that we're not seeing. And this is the part when it comes to communicating When it comes to understanding, when it comes to believing, but more importantly, when it comes to assumptions that we never know. So it's not a matter that my dad couldn't buy something for himself and that he didn't want my mom to have something for herself. It's not the matter of he needed to justify what it was for her. None of that was truly relevant. Here's what was relevant. Let's, let's, let's go back. A couple of, oh my gosh, decades, more than a couple of decades when my dad was a teenager, or not even, I think he was nine years old, when he first came to Ontario from Gaspé. Um, and they took a school bus to get here. My grandmother didn't need to work because that was a generation back in the 50s and 60s where women didn't really work and you could buy a house for $7,000. But the man of the household, my grandpa, wasn't making a lot of money at that time. Or maybe he was enough to support the family, and that was the rule. But here's the thing. My grandpa went to work all day, brought home the money. My grandma was expected to stay home. Society, assumptions, beliefs, right? Worldview. That's the way things were in the 50s and 60s. That's the way things were in generations prior to that. So let's just stop right there and pause for one second. My dad's limiting beliefs, my dad's beliefs are based on his experiences, the way he was raised, my grandpa's and my grandma's assumptions to the world and the way they were raised. Anybody that's trying to change that, such as myself, is trying to break a cycle of decades and decades of ancestries and beliefs which have become limiting beliefs. It is no longer society's case in point for women not to work, right? It is no longer. So, so I found out that my dad and his family and my grandpa converted a school bus and my grandma, and they came here to St. Thomas where I live and they settled in here. This wasn't the first place they settled in, but they settled in here and they've made um, a place for themselves here and they settled in. My grandma didn't work. But what I didn't realize until she was older, is, so I know my grandma became a nurse. I know she ended up nursing in life. But what I didn't know, I did know this, but I didn't know until my dad really brought this into perspective that the children in the family were expected when they got jobs, and maybe not my aunt's, but the boys for sure, to come home and to give their money to the household to help put bread and milk on the table. But yet my grandma was not expected to work. So of course... My dad still lives in the mindset, of course, without judgment and without fail, he still lives in the mindset of scarcity. I am coming to him trying to let him know that where he's at now is a mindset of abundance. Right? Him and my mom are in retirement. They're in a good place. Their story could have changed, but thankfully this is their story. And, you know, there's not going to be generational wealth by any means but there's definitely going to be more wealth than what their previous generations have had. And this is the story that we're working with when it comes to beliefs and limiting beliefs. This is how ingrained it is in society when some people don't even realize why they believe what they believe. And this can, I use money today as an example, but we can imply the same thing when it comes to religion or spirituality or any kind of um, faith whatever your faith is. So it. the point is, beliefs don't scratch the surface. Beliefs are iceberg deep. That's the same thing with values. You know, I've had to say to my dad multiple times, he is still thinking and living in that world of scarcity where he had to come home and take all of his money that he had made and provide for the family. As a child, that's what he had to do. As a child, many families had to do that. Of course, that leads to wasting nothing when it comes to food. Of course, it means scraps. Um, You try not to waste them. It means you shut off the lights. You don't waste electricity. It means you grow as much as you can from your garden. That's common nature now for them. That's just the way they think. And they don't live like that. But you don't outgrow that when it's embedded in you. You know, I remember... It was always a matter of shut the tap off. The tap was dripping water. Shut the tap off. The lights were on. Shut everything off. Conserve, conserve, conserve. Of course this makes sense because nobody teaches us this, right? Somehow we're to know, but nobody teaches us this. My friends, if I had my way, I would be doing life coaching and financial coaching and health coaching, wellness coaching for every single person in the academic system and out of the academic system, just as much as you're learning math, English, and sciences. I actually believe this is more important. Um, I believe that you need a foundation, but you we're not getting this information. Because we're not getting this information, we are assuming people are out where they're at. We live a world in assumptions. I really do my best not to assume anything. I do my best to take the higher road um, there's a book that I love to read and it's called The Four Agreements. And I read it every single year. Don McGill ruse the four agreements. And if you've never read it yet, I highly recommend you take um you take stock to this book and you buy two. The first agreement, be impeccable with your word. Speak integrally, say only what you mean, avoid using word to speak against yourself or about others. Use the power of word to the direction of truth and love. Yes, to yourself and others. Very key. Don't take anything personally. Nothing others do is because of you. When others say and do is a per- projection of their own reality, their own dream, their own life. When you are immune to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be victim of needless suffering. How many of you have suffered needlessly because of what somebody else has said and done? Me, me, me. I can't be the only one with her hand up there. Don't make assumptions. Find the courage to ask questions and to express what you really want. We make too many assumptions in this world, and this is what we're going to be talking about when it comes to being and doing. And today's going to be a longer podcast, guys. That's okay. This is really important. So find the courage to ask questions, to express what you really want. Communicate with others as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstandings, sadness, and drama. With just one agreement, you can completely transform your life of not making assumptions. I practice this every day. I practice asking questions and not making assumptions. I don't know what their limiting beliefs are. I don't know what they assume of me. And always do your best. Your best is going to change from moment to moment. It will be different when you're healthy as opposed to when you're sick. Under any circumstance, simply do your best and you will avoid self-judgment, self-abuse, and regrets. This is what I've learned from the book, The Four Agreements. I just read those four points from inside the book. I absolutely love this book and I highly recommend that you read it. So let's go back to doing versus being. And I'm going to call today's today's podcast, Just Be, because it's super fitting. You know, when I just talked about always do your best, I did my best this weekend. I did my best to nourish myself. I did my best to rest. I did my best to relax. I did my best to unwind. I did my best, honestly, my best to play. And what I meant by playing, I read a book and I floated in the pool to take care of myself. The aqua therapy was the only way actually I could get comfortable because my sides were so sore from being sick. My muscles were so sore. I was weak from not eating, but being in the pool, I didn't feel any of those things. I lathered myself with sunscreen and I floated in the pool. That was my version of playing this weekend. So when we set out to make change, we usually attempt it in the doing level. We try new things, right? Or we do things differently. But in most cases, we haven't updated the being level. So what ends up happening is we go back to our old ways. The change doesn't stick. It's like construction, it's like constructing a building on a wobbly foundation. Your bean level is your foundation. Your bean level is your legs, your core, your midsection, your upper body, like your chest, um, your lats. Your bean level, I want to say is your minds even, but you're doing, or your hands and your feet, the part of you that takes action in a big part of your mind. So it can't be wobbly or it's going to fail. Your assumptions of how the world works, your beliefs about what's right and what's wrong, all of these determine what you do in the world. Your worldwide view is your incentive structure for action, your embodied, your rule book for life. And so you can either try to break your own rules or you can rewrite your rule book entirely and play a different game. And this is what I encourage you to do. You can address your doing or you can address your being. So we're going to dig on this, dig deep on this a little bit deeper. So here's a few examples of the difference between the two levels of change, doing versus being. Let's say you want to be more organized and you feel like you don't have an overview of what's going on. So you want to be more structured and you want more consistency. So to solve your problem, you could change what you do by setting up structures for your finances, adding systems, processes for marketing, writing fancy labels on your folders, organizing your clothes, organizing your closet. But the truth is you can organize until the world ends and you'd still never feel like you've organized enough because your worldwide view is based on the assumption that that uncertainty is dangerous. So what you really want is a sense of control and that feeling of certainty. What you really want is that knowing things will work out and that they'll be okay. What you really want to know is that you are okay. With the world changing the way it is, it keeps reminding you that you're never quite enough, right? You're close, but you're never quite enough. I promise you, you'll get there. Stick, stick with me, my friends. I promise you, you will get there. So the doing problem is organizing. The being problem is dealing with your uncertainty. Perhaps you want to delegate more. You find yourself sticking your nose into everything, doing far more than you should as a leader. You're becoming busier and busier and your calendar is overfilled with things. It's telling you to take a step back and to let others take more responsibility. I have to stop here for one second and say, what happens when you don't do that, guys? You're forced to take a break. Not necessarily sickness or illness, but a mental break or a physical break because you've hurt something or you get so overwhelmed, you need to take a break. You really do. You know, the doing solution is to recruit more people. If only I had more people. Sometimes the doing solution is to crave more time. Then you could delegate more or you'd have more time to handle it. But if, but you could hire an army all that you want. It will never be enough. Underneath it all, you feel like your self-worth is solely based on what you physically can do. You need to do as much as you can to prove your own value to yourself and others. Who's been there? Who's been there to prove that they've got to do as much as they need to do to prove their worth? Do you make as many calls as you can at work? Do you send out as many emails as you can throughout the day? Do you train with enough people to make to make your value validated? I've been there. I have been there. Even when I'm not feeling well, I'm trying to prove my value and that I can't be sick. I don't need to be doing that. I did that a little bit this weekend because I don't know how to relax. Sorry, quick sip here. And I wondered why I was doing that. Yes, I needed to feel a little bit of sense of... So self and value because I felt lazy after a while, just laying around, but my body wasn't quite ready to work yet. Okay. Why do you need to do this? So a voice deep down asks you in more words or less, if I'm too busy taking care of everything, then who am I? So you stick to your noise in every little task from morning till night, proving to yourself that you are needed and that you are worthy. The doing problem is delegating. The being problem is a subconscious need to prove your self-worth. Tony and I talked about this a couple months ago. I was spending more time relaxing and he feels like he's got so much to do. I know I'm past this point myself. It surfaces every once in a while and it will. As you're adapting change, it's going to surface a little bit and you might fall into old habits a little bit and realize that they no longer serve you anymore. I do spend a lot more time on those four quadrants that we talked about earlier today. Um, We talked about resting, relaxing, taking breaks, and play. I do try to infuse these as much in my day and certainly as much in my week, as much as I can. I don't wait until we're on holidays or vacations. I don't wait until momentous moments to do these things. These are in my life more often than not. But I can tell you, even Tony, they're not in his life at all he rests when he takes lunch. That's about it. You know, he plays when I pretty much force him to play. That's about it. Um, and it's, it's right here. It's a subconscious need to prove yourself worth. I have been there raising three kids, two broken marriages, trying to prove my worth with my business, trying so hard to force things instead of just accepting them to come to me. I've been there. It doesn't suit me. It doesn't suit you. And once you realize that that does not define your self worth, you will learn to appreciate who you are at such a deeper level. There's another example here that I want to talk about. Maybe you want to be more relaxed and less stressed. You feel like you're running around at a thousand miles a minute and your head is exploding with ideas to do's in the next steps. And it's not just excitement. This is a perpetual place where you're at more often than not. You can't just chill out and you're not sure that you even want to. You're always in motion, but you can now sense that you're approaching a breaking point. The immediate doing solution is to meditate, journal, and do yoga to chill out. But again, you're still doing. You can try to chill out all you want. You'll always have that nagging sensation that you should be doing more. Something more productive. And that's because below the surface, remember, below that iceberg, your sense of identity is tied up with productivity. In an attempt to shield your innermost sensitive self from the world, but most importantly, from yourself, you've created a shell that's all about action, struggle, and movement. If you don't struggle a little bit in some way, shape or form, whether you're, I'm going to go, I'm going to go there. Whether you're struggling financially, whether you're struggling at work, whether you're struggling with friends, whether you're struggling with money, if you don't struggle a little bit, most of us do struggle a little bit because we believe based on our limiting beliefs, based on all we know, based on our ancestors, as we talked about earlier, that you feel like you have something to prove to yourself in every situation that you face. Deep down, you're scared of what you'll find. You're scared of what happens when you stop to take a breath. You're resentful of what you'll see in the mirror when you allow yourself to feel what you really feel. When was the last time you've looked in the mirror and told yourself you're beautiful? Or that you loved yourself? Or that you love your smile? or that you love your hands, or that you love anything about yourself. But yet we ask our partners. Subconsciously, we expect our partners to love us. But do we love ourselves? I do. Yes, I do. I wear tiaras. I wear dresses. I make myself feel beautiful. Not because Tony or anybody else likes me with makeup on. And those that see me, you know, I don't really wear much makeup either. It's not the point. I do this for myself. I like the way I feel. I like, and it's not a camouflage. It's not camouflage. It's not anything. It's to accentuate who I am because I believe I'm beautiful. And it's going to sound vain to hear that. I don't need the world to tell me. I feel good in my skin and I want you to feel good in your skin. I want you to try this, to try this technique today. Tell yourself something that you love about yourself when you're journaling. When you're sitting there daydreaming, enjoy the moment just being. Because we really, really don't. And that's because deep down we're scared. We're scared of what we really feel. That fear then shows up as guilt when we're not working hard. So to avoid that guilt, we struggle. We stay in that struggle. The struggle to move forward because your life depends on it. Because all you've known is struggle in one way, form, or another. And it can be struggle in your marriage. It can be struggle in your job. It can be, you could be working in a job that is sales driven and you've got quotas and expectations and you could be adding more to struggle than your bosses. I'm in a sales job. I've always been in a sales job. With sales, whether it's been with my business or with my job, with sales comes expectations, not just from other people. You've got sales quotas. You've got the weight of the world. It's a lot of a roller coaster ride. There's a lot of uncontrollable variants that you could take personally. Let's go back to that book, The Four Agreements. Don't take anything personally. One of the Four Agreements. Always do your best. One of the Four Agreements. Don't make assumptions. But in this case, be impeccable with your word. Don't use Avoid using the word to speak against yourself. Think about those four agreements as, as I chime into the rest of this for you. Okay. As you hear this message, very powerful today. The difference between doing and being. I know I mentioned that I started to do things this weekend. I honestly didn't do much. I helped cook a little bit of dinner yesterday. I helped fold two buckets of laundry. I unloaded the dishwasher one day. In the course of three days, I honestly didn't do much. I felt like I needed to do a little bit for myself. And yes, I'll be honest. I slipped into this value piece that we're getting into right now because I was starting to feel guilty for being sick. I'll be honest. This is the motivation of today's podcast. You should know by now that most of these motivations come from my life. And that's why I'm sharing this. This is an experience, a road that I have traveled, or I am still traveling. And if you haven't been on this road yet, you're going to be on this road one day. Many people are still on this road. And I promise you, it's so worth it to shift gears. So worth it. Most of my time I spend... Not in the space where I used to be in. I'm now in a space where I play and I rest and I have fun and I am creative and I take breaks and I rest and I share those things and you can see them on my social media profiles and I paint and I read books for pleasure, not just personal development and professional development books. Yeah, the majority of them still might be, but I do that for me. Okay. I've read personal storybooks this year or this weekend. I needed to, I floated in the pool. So more often than I'm not, I'm not in this space anymore. I've outgrown it. But every once in a while I slip here or every once in a while I notice that I'm still here. I'm sharing experiences with you that I've been at or that I'm still in. So we can get out of those spaces together. I yawn again. I'm so sorry. Okay. Okay. Let's get back to the details. So what happens is the fear shows up as guilt when you're not working hard. So to avoid that guilt, you struggle forward like your life depends on it. The doing problem is stress, fatigue, and burnout. The being problem is an unconscious need to struggle. What if we didn't need to struggle anymore? What if... We didn't need to prove our self-worth anymore. What if we no longer had to deal with uncertainty? What if we encouraged more things in our life like resting, relaxing, breaks, and play? More of the things that we love. The bean solution to all of these examples is quite simple. To figure out what's important to you and what you're about. To be okay with who you are at right now. Right now in this point in time in your journey. And to be okay with not knowing your future. To be okay with not moving fast. To be okay with not always struggling ahead. It's simple, but it's not easy. I'll admit it. I will admit that it's simple, but it's not easy. I have a railroad analogy that I've talked about previously on my podcast, but I welcome you to reach out to me at any time. I'm going to put my links in here, but it's Sonia at freshapproachfitness.ca. Freshapproachfitness.ca is my website. You can find me on social media. But listen, where I am inviting you to have a chat with me is we can talk about the railroad analogy, what it means to you and what you'd like to do differently about your life. Because the being level might seem trickier and scarier, but it's also where you're the most robust. It's where sustainable change is created. And the beauty of all of that is if you address the being level, you are literally living in the moment. It is almost like magic because the doing level will take care of itself. We want to make room in our lives for magic and miracles. We want to make room in our lives to receive everything that we're working towards. We can't receive it when we're always working on it because what's happening is we're telling the universe that we don't appreciate what we have. So when we stop, when we slop, (laughs) when we stop and slow down and take those breaks and appreciate what we have, we actually receive more. When we take time to celebrate what we've received by wearing the tiara, by smelling the flowers, by cooking a major new recipe and slowing down enough to do that. I want to do that. I certainly want to do that. It's one of my goals. I actually like cooking. You know, I find it a little tight to cook Monday to Friday when they want to eat. My husband wants to eat around six o'clock and I get down work at six o'clock. It doesn't work as well. There's a little bit more stress there because of that. Of course, I want to eat a little bit healthier mood- mood meals. It means I want to cook those healthier meals to eat, especially now. I hate to say this, but being under the weather, I've given my body an opportunity to reset. I've given my palate an opportunity to reset. I can make better food choices, even better than what I was making before. This goes for individuals as well as organizations. You know, you might be listening to this thinking how you can individually implement or how from an organization you can implement some of the things we talked about in today's podcast. But to make organization changes stick, you need a new set of assumptions. You need to release some of those limiting beliefs. But first, you need to understand what those limiting beliefs in. Bring me in for a consultation, for a conversation, because when there's change, you see results. Here's the trick. You want sustainable results. You want change that can last a lifetime. You want to be working on the mindset. Honestly, the mindset change of values, beliefs, assumptions in the worldwide view, not just the action that comes with doing right. You want the being as well. So to make the organizational change stick, you need a new set of assumptions. You need a new worldwide view of really what you're working towards and why. You need new mental modules and a new rule book to live, think, and breathe by. You need to update the organizational belief itself. That changes. And insert the word organization for your belief. Whether it's you or your company, it takes guts to address being in the bean because it feels sometimes like you're not doing anything and we're not used to that as society and it's tough to work alone because these assumptions are so deeply ingrained that you bind you're binded to them it's all you know a coach a mentor a sparring partner can help you shine light on your own rule book you've heard me talk about my dream how am I going to get there now Right? I've made some leaps and balances here with my books. I know you're all staying tuned because you're curious as to what I'm going to do next. And I might not be feeling 100% today, but I'm definitely 100% better than yesterday. And that's progress to me. So as long as I don't do physical activity this week, and I know my clients are going to be disappointed once again, but I have to take care of myself first. I have to change my own rule book. Right, I do believe in physical movement and maybe I can train just by sitting there this week, but I cannot physically do the movements this week. I need another week of recovery. Because what's going to happen is when we shine the light on our own rule book and we're open our eyes to our beliefs changing and we accept the truth that drive our behavior, we will get the change that we're looking for. We human beings, we live with a lot of answers to questions that we never ask. What about asking those questions all over again? I asked my brother a bunch of questions this weekend, things he didn't think about. He's making some pivotal decisions and some choices. And I, I know he didn't ask for my opinion, but at the end of the day, a couple of times he's like, you know, he's like, okay, you know, you're making me, you're making me, you're giving me something to think about. And I said, you know, that's all I want to help you do is think differently. Think from a different perspective. And that's the same with you listening to this. I want to help you think differently. What being, what being work is, is asking yourself the big questions all over again. And don't be afraid to ask yourself those big questions all over again. What answers are you taking for granted in the world? What if you ask yourself those questions all over again? What would happen if you saw the world through a different lens and a different set of assumptions? And that's what being in the moment does to us. Honestly, it helps us pause, process, possibly pivot and proceed. Here's a, here's a really good quote. Today I escaped from the crush of circumstances, but better put, I threw them out for the crush wasn't from outside me, but my own assumptions. If you don't change your worldwide view, you, your world won't change. So crush your own assumptions to escape the crush of circumstances. Address your being and let the doing follow from there. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me again today. Almost 50 minutes. I guess I had a lot to say. Um, you know, it's always a pleasure doing these podcasts. And I know you know that I do these spontaneously. This time I put some notes together. But it's important, and I know most of these have been about mindset. And every day you show up to listen to these, and you never know—is it going to be mindset, movement, meals, money? You never know. Um, it is so important. Let me know. Okay, I'm going to open. I'm going to open the floor to you. I know there's a, quite a few listeners out there. Send me a message. Let me know what you want to talk about. Let me know if you have any questions. I will be open to doing a Q&A episode where I can open these questions up and answer them publicly. I won't say who it is unless you want me to. I can say from a reader, um, can be completely anonymous, but I'm sure you have a bunch of questions for me at this point. After a year and a half of doing podcasts, I am sure there are questions. I am sure there are topics you want me to cover under those topics. subjects, I mean, under those topics. I'm sure you probably even have questions about limiting beliefs and ancestral change and how to make those changes happen and how those things have changed right in front of you. Oh, my friends make it a great day. Okay. No, my favorite quote, two things I'm going to say today. And I write this quote down every single day before I start work. I am uncomfortable I am willing to get uncomfortable to see what I am capable of. And I write down my goal. Today, I would like you to practice one of these four things. Let me know what you did. Resting, relaxing, breaks, and play. And I'm going to read this one more time before we end the day. Resting is not a waste of time. It is an investment in well-being. Relaxing is not a sign of laziness. It is a source of energy breaks are not a distraction. They're a chance to refocus attention. Play is not frivolous activity. It is a path to connection and creativity. Leaving that with you, make it a great week, my friends, and I look forward to hearing from you.